You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to us being something, when it comes to us changing our behavior, our thoughts, our words, our deeds, as free moral agents, we just have to choose to do so. And when it comes to choices, some, some choices you make, you, you're going to be uh, okay with making. And some, you'll need to make some changes you'll need to make, but you will have a problem with making them. You know? I mean, that's just life. Some things you choose, you, you don't have no problem with some things that you need to choose you have a problem with. Now, when it comes to choosing, I have been guilty of choosing too swiftly. Anybody else, you, you've chose something, you just was too quick about doing it. And sometimes pride will keep you from admitting that. I said, sometimes pride will keep you from admitting that. You know you messed up, but you still want to act like you didn't mess up. Well, I guess I'm the only one undid that. You know, that, that pride is something else. Ain't it? You chose to do it, but then when you got in it, you realize, oh, man, I done messed up. Lord, if I go back, they're going to talk about me. So I might as well deal with this choice. No, if you made the wrong choice, repent and do what's right. Because, if, because the choice you make, and if it's a wrong choice, sooner or later, curse is going to come. You don't live with it if you know it's wrong. You have to do the right thing. But, but I also can look back at my past and, and being honest with you, some choices I made is, is because I, I was influenced to make them. It's amazing how you have folk that try to control your life. And so certain choices you make is not that you wanted to do it, it's, it's the it, folk influence you to do it. it it's Folk that have degrees right now, the only reason you got that degree is because your parents influenced you to do it. You ain't doing nothing with that degree. But your mama wanted you to go to school and get a, get a degree, and that's why you did it. So you, you was influenced by good old mama, but mama was... I was hoping y'all was going to help me with that I don't want you leaving here talking about I was talking about your mama because I ain't talking about your mama. I'm just talking about choices right now. But some of us, some of us can agree that even our parents told us to do certain things that in hindsight we just shouldn't have did. Because some things your parents told you to do, they told you to do it, not being led by the Holy Spirit. 
Why are you bringing the Holy Spirit? Because according to John 16 and 13, it's the Holy Spirit that leads or guides us in the all truth. And the path we need to be on is the path of truth. Why is that? The truth makes you free. The truth can create things for you that nobody else can. The truth makes you free. And, and so you can be influenced to choose something you have no business choosing. Lord of mercy. And then you start leaning to other folks' understanding. And that's a mess. I said, that's a mess. They explain to you why you should do it, and so you did it. You, you chose based upon what the person or persons said. I'm taking my time because I'm helping myself and somebody else. I just wonder if I'm helping you right now. The choices we make matter. Yeah, they do. Do you know one choice could mess up your life for a long time? One choice could cause you to go to hell. One choice. One choice could determine whether you're going to be successful or you're going to fail. One choice. And, and when you really understand how weighty that is, you should, you should never allow anybody, saving God and people that are led by God, to influence you into choosing certain things. If I'm going to choose something, I'm going to have to know it's the will of God. If it's not the will of God, I'm going to stay away from it. The best place to be and the safest place to be, help me. As much as I love mama. Hey, mama. You look good this morning. You know that, don't you? Look at her. That's a good-looking woman right there. Let's give mama a hand. That's a good-looking woman. That's where I got my looks from. Let that sink in. If mama tells me to do a particular thing, and God tells me that what she's saying is not right, I'm going to obey him. I love her, but I'm going to obey God. Because mama, as wonderful as she is, has lied before. Well, don't be like that. You have lied too. But the only person that has never lied is the Lord. The only person that has never messed up is the Lord. And, and that's the reason we have writers out of their wisdom tell us things like, don't you lean to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. That's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, right? We have to be to the point to where we recognize choices matter. And a choice is so weighty that I can either fail or succeed based upon my decisions. I have to be careful when it comes to my decisions. However, I have to remind you we are free moral agents. So whether you're influenced or whether you make a decision on your own, 
when all is said and done, you're going to have to pay for it. You can't, you can't go before God and say, well, she told me to do it. No, you free my all age. Lord, I don't understand how come this going on and, and such and such told me this, what I should. You are free moral agent. You going to suffer because of the bad choice you made. Are you going to benefit for choosing to do what's right? Joshua recognized that God was taking them into bigger and better. And he said to Israel before they even got into the promised land, he, he said, look, he said, it's time for us to just make a choice. He said, now, if y'all choose to do what our ancestors did and to serve other gods that were in Egypt and in the wilderness, that's you. And it was obvious that he had talked with his family because he then said to them, but as for me and my house, we done made the choice to serve God. And, and sometimes you, you just have to let folks know your choice. See, some of us too timid. We, when folks trying to influence us or tell us we need to do such and such and such and such, you need to just be point blank. Look, I'm going to do what God will have me do. I hear what you're saying. I appreciate you saying what you're saying, but I'm going to have to do what God would have me do. I don't know about you. That's my mindset. I said, that's my mindset. I want to know your mindset. I'm just going to do what God tell me to do. I ain't got no friend that, 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 that's, that, that mean that much to me. To where I'm going to do what my friends say. Thank God for first lady, but she ain't going to tell me to do wrong and I'm going to do that. No, I'm going to do what does says God. I'm helping some brothers out because I know your wife say move right. You're going to move. You're going to say how far over. But certain thing, brother, you just, you just going to have to put your foot down. But hold on. Sisters, if your husband is telling you to do something in contrast to the will of God, you're going to have to say, honey, I, I, I know you're the head, but I'm not going to do that because I am told to follow you as my head as you follow Christ. And because what you're doing is obviously out of the will of God, you can go down that road by yourself. Or if, you, or if you want to break it down to them, you can just say, look, I, if I, was, I wanted to do bad, I can do bad by my. You have to be to the point to where when it comes to you choosing this, that, and the other, you're serious about it. Because I've heard folks say, well, pastors, I would do such and such, but you know my such and such, such and such said that I need to. And I'd be like, oh, I see. So that so your such and such and became your God. But your such and such is now being put before God. Nobody should come before God. God should be number one in your life. And you should be mature enough to make decisions. According to the written or revealed word of God. If you know God has revealed that you should do a particular thing and you do otherwise, you can say, well, the pastor said it all day long. But if but the pastor is speaking on behalf of God, that's God talking to you. He's just using the person to do it. Will he do that? Yes. Amos 3 and 7, surely the Lord God will do Unless he reveal his secret unto his servants, the prophets. One of the primary things I do as pastors is make sure I give you understanding and knowledge so you, as a free moral agent, will, will make right choices. How I many understand that? Very important. 
Because I'm going to tell you something. If some folk can talk you into doing stuff, you ain't got no business doing. Woo! It's amazing how some of y'all know you done been bewitched time and time again, but act like you can't say amen to the truth. You know you done been beguiled before. We don't, we don't just have to go to Genesis to, to see somebody that done been beguiled. We don't, have, we don't have to learn from Eve. We done messed up ourselves or allow somebody to mess us up. Who has anybody ever tricked you at your... Has anybody ever tricked you at your stuff? Anybody ever made you go down a path you hadn't planned on going down? Then you got to know, I don't know how he did it. Well, she did it the same way you did it. And so, we, we have to be serious when it comes to our choices. And don't ever make a choice just because a person that's professional is recommending it. No, your, your choices again should be based upon what God is leading you to do. Well, he professional. He know. No, I, no. I, I got I to gotta hear from God. I got to hear it from the one that know everything. Because even professionals can only tell you so much. Oh, your doctor omniscient? No, because some of you looked at me like that. Who is the only one you know that's omniscient? All knowing. So who should have the final say? See, we don't need to get caught up in stuff. You know how folk got caught up in God has the final say. A little popular saying, but they know they didn't mean it. Just caught up in the saying. But you have to mean that child of God. That God has the final say. If somebody's trying to make you choose something too swiftly, don't do it. Don't make a move until God tells you to do it. God has the final say. My choices are made upon God's written and revealed will. Why? Because he has the final say. Well, pastor said, oh, no, hold on now. We talking pastor, his opinion, or we talking pastor speaking on God's behalf? If it's pastor's opinion, you, you, you can't go on pastor's opinion. Well, you pastor, you can't go on pastor's opinion. God has the final say. And when pastor is speaking on behalf of God or giving you revelation based upon the word of God, you have to take it as God speaking indirectly to you but you need to distinguish between my opinion as well as your cousin's opinion I got opinions about stuff but that's barren but when I'm anointed I'm going to stick to what God is giving me in reference to revelation how many understand that and there's a huge difference but don't take God's revelation and say well that's what pastor said no that's what God told pastor to say you have to be mature enough to know the distinction. And, and so Paul was concerned about the church of Corinth. He, he was concerned because if you read the book of Corinthians, a lot of choices that they had made um, in modern terms was just jacked up. They had made a lot of jacked up choices. Some of us that have been saved for a good minute been making jacked up choices. Get quiet when you say stuff like that. They get quiet. Yeah, it do. I don't need you to say something so we can go on. No, I'm going to take my time. 
for a minute anyway. They had made some jacked up choices. Some of us have. And, and, and if you read 1 Corinthians and, and, and look at some of the choices they made, you'd be like, man, was they saved? Was they even being led by God? But, but sometimes when you bring it home, you have to ask the question, man, he, was he led by God to do that? Ain't no way God told her to do that. And so, what he does in 1 Corinthians 14 and 20 is he tells them what he wants them to be. But it's going to be their choice. And so, that there are two things that I'm going to deal with that he wanted them to be, and I'm going to leave it alone. But I want you to keep in mind, this is not a history lesson. We're not just a history lesson. This, this is for us to apply to our lives. First thing that I want to deal with that he brought out in the text that he wanted them to be is... He wanted them to be children when it came to malice. Malice being when, when you, you are mean, <laughs> hateful. I said mean, hateful, ill will. Won't bad to happen. I'm going to show them. All such things are connected to malice. Malice. But, but the thing is, he, he said, look, malice is going to happen, but you need to be children when it comes to malice. See, as long as we're in this body, that's that going to be certain things going to happen. You, you gonna, you gonna, I'm going to say something as your pastor, and you, and you know, and you're loving your pastor self, you're going to have a not loving moment for your pastor at the moment I say certain things. You can be done just said, I love my pastor. And then you come to church, your pastor say something, and all of a sudden you got a moment where you know it's not a loving moment for your pastor. Just, just trust me on that. I'm going to turn my back for a minute. Just Anybody in here that has had that moment where you did not love your pastor, just say, I've had that moment. It's okay. It's okay. All of you, you're going to have that moment. And I may have a moment where you, I don't love you. For that moment, just that, that moment. I don't care how long you've been married. There's a moment to where your wife got on your last nerve. And you said it. Even though you didn't say it to her, you said it. He said, in malice, I need you to be children. And, and when, I, when I thought about it, I, I, I went back to my childhood. To where me, uh, Slick, Randy, <laughs> David, and Samoa, uh, Deacon Wynn, you know, we'd be out playing and doing this, that, and the other. And, and you know, mess around and play football and you get mad at each other. Play basketball, get mad at each other. You don't see folk get mad at the court. <laughs> Filing everybody. And then when they get fouled mad, hey, you foul me. I, you done been fouling everybody. Now you got the nerve to get mad because somebody done foul you. But, but them same children 
after the game, they'll go and eat together. Two days later, they'll be playing the same game and get mad again. But they'll still go eat or continue to play together. They don't hold on to stuff. They're childlike. They know how to lay aside stuff. And, and see, he knew as, as long as, as they were like children, they wouldn't hold on to stuff. But it's amazing how, how some folk with their grown self hold on to stuff that they should have been done let go. You've been holding on to that for 10 years. You didn't like it because I talked about your sock. And you've been holding on for 10 years. I can't even remember the sock now. But 10 years, what color was the sock? He didn't want them to hold on to ill will. Didn't want them to to continue to be mad about something that happened on the court, that happened on the field, that happened while they were at supper. Later on, Paul had to be playing with the church. He said, look, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. When it comes to malice, you got to be children. I don't need you being being a part of the ministry and you mad at me. About something that's crazy. You feeling ill, will, want bad to happen to me because I talked about your sock. Well, if it makes you feel... Better talk about my green shoes. Amen. Let's be even. Let's do something so we can put this thing aside and move on. You my brother. You my sister. We ain't got no business holding on to no whole bunch of foolishness. Let's be childlike. How many can remember your childhood and how you used to get mad with with a friend? But then you you would get things right and you'll be right back playing together. That's all he's saying in the church. Uh, In the text. That's all he's saying in the text. It it ain't worth it. Ain't nobody worth you. But I'm just going to be honest. Some folk, you you hold on to stuff. That That ain't right. That ain't God. I remember. You need to let that go. Certain stuff you hold on to will affect your health. Yeah, it will. I want to look at a couple of uh, scriptures concerning malice. Let's go to First Peter. Lord have mercy. First Peter. That's in the back. Of the, of the Bible. First Peter 2 and 1. Now Paul was the author. Or is the author of 1 Corinthians. But notice what Peter said in reference to malice. I'm just going to read the first part of the verse. 1 Peter 2 and 1. Ready? Therefore laying aside... How much malice? He wanted them to lay aside all of it. 
Because see, some folk want to hold on to some. I can forgive her for that, but not this. Oh, lay aside all malice. Get your mad moment, but let that mad madness be gone by nightfall. So we can just move forward. Why? Because you got to treat it like a child. I'm a grown man. Yeah, but treat this like a child. So we can just move on. Lay aside how much? Lay aside how much? Lay aside how much? Lay aside all malice. Oh, that must. Let's go to first. Corinthians, go back to 1 Corinthians. But we're going to chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8. Now this is what he said to the church. He said, therefore let us keep the feast. But then he said, we don't want to keep the feast or the celebration." Not with old leaven. Nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness. He wanted them to keep the feast, but their behavior needed to be a certain way. And notice he brings in leaven. When something is leaven, it, it rises. Folk just like to keep malice going. He said, look, we're going to keep the celebration. We're we going to keep the feast going. We're going to keep, we're going to stay in the will of God. Say, but we can't stay in the will of God with this old leaven. You need to let that stuff go. That attitude you, you used to have, it's time for that to change. This just me, yeah, but we don't want. Thank you. We want that Second Corinthians 5 and 17, that new creature. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is, he or she is a new creation. Y'all help me finish. Oh, things. Have what? And then it says, behold. Let me listen. Let me listen. Let me look. And I'm supposed to be able to see something. I'm supposed to be able to see something. Something wrong when you hear the word, and, and, but, but you're still that same old person. Something wrong with that. Look at it again. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice. And what? Now, look who, look who malice teams up with. Wickedness. You mean and. Devilish. Look at it. Malice and wickedness. You mean and devilish. That's a mean old devil right there. <laughs> oh, call me no devil. Quit acting like it. Look at this verse. This, this is so plain. It, I mean, isn't it plain? He says, not with the leaven of maleness and wickedness, but with the Unleavened, something that ain't going to rise. But with the unleavened bread, bread represents the word of sincerity and truth. Our behavior needs to be based upon the word. And see, you can't, you can't, we, we got to be so mature to where we can't get upset when somebody is being sincere with us. 
telling us the truth. And I know it's a way to tell folk the truth, but, but, but when the truth comes, some, sometimes the truth going to come, and there's no way it, it can come like a pillar. It's going to be like a hammer. No, I mean, it, sometimes it can be like a pillar hits you, but sometimes it's just going to be like a hammer because it's just going to be like, oh, God. That stepped out, that hit my toes. Good God, the big one, the little one, it just tore up all. The word ever hit you so hard to where you say, oh, God, God. To the point where you wonder if anybody was looking at you. Because you were feeling stuff all on you, all kind of stuff coming up and down. You know what I'm talking about? Some of us probably feeling like that right now. But that's a good feeling. Because it, it will convict you. It'll deal with your heart the right way. But the unleavened bread of sincerity and Truth. That's how we're going to keep the face. That's how our behavior going to be. That, that's how we're going to work together. We're going to be sincere. We're going to be truthful. And so, again, the first thing that he wanted them to be, according to 1 Corinthians 14 and 20, is that he, he wanted them to be children when it came to malice. But the second and final thing, is that he wanted them to be mature when it came to understanding. Wanted them to be grown when it came to understanding. Understanding. Understanding is when you when you listen. You learn, you discern, and then you apply it. You listen, you learn, you discern, and then you apply it. Or you make your decision. Well, I got understanding now. I don't, I don't need to do such and such. I, I, I heard it. And yeah, I can see where that's, that's wrong. I can see where I don't need to make that step. Ooh, mama ain't going to like it. But I'm going to have to just tell mama that I can't do what she's been telling me to do because now I done, I done listen, I done learn, and I discern, and I just can't do that. I'm going to hurt her feelings. It's better to hurt her feelings than, than to be in a place you ain't got no business to be of doing something you ain't got no business doing. Why he keep using mama? Because if you are strong enough to tell mama no, you ought to be able to tell anybody no. You hear me? And so... He wanted them to be mature and just grasping stuff. You know, and, and then making decisions. He wanted them to be mature. You know, because sometimes folk make decisions, you, you can tell them, look, man, he, he didn't think that through. Man, he, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have did that. That's, he just shouldn't have did that. He know that ain't God. Y'all still love the pastor, right? Yeah. Well, let's go to Job 28 and 28. As I get ready to close. Job 28 and 28. Job is next to Psalm, right? 
Okay, Job 28 and 28. And to help me. And to who? He said, Behold, the fear of the Lord that is. And to depart from. Is what? The moment you know you're out the will of God. Get out of it. That's understanding. The moment you recognize you're in the presence of somebody you don't have no business being in, leave. Don't be like, I want to hear what they got to say. No, leave. The moment you run up on something on Google or or on, on social media that you know is the devil. Put your curiosity under your foot and move on. To depart from is what? To depart from is what? Your cousin who always borrowed money from you and don't pay you back, coming coming to you again, won't explain to you why they need some more money. The moment your cousin come in the house, you know he do the same thing all the time, tell him, depart. You don't have to depart at that time. You tell him to depart. Get out my house. I ain't got no money for you. Understanding is to depart from what? That's it. That says that you have a good understanding. Is that simple? Then you have to ask yourself, can I do that? Because, because sometimes it's difficult when you, when you know that evil is there, it's difficult for you to depart. That's the reason he says when it comes to understanding, you got to be what? Men are mature. A woman are mature. Say to your neighbor, you're going to have to be grown when it comes to doing certain things. You're going to have to be what? Grown. You're just going to have to be grown when it comes to doing certain things. And when you know something that's evil, guess. And let me tell you something. Evil is attractive. I said evil is attractive. It, it's just like the Bible calls money good. And it calls it evil. Now when is money called evil? When somebody loves it. When you love money more than you love God, it's evil. When you rather get money than do what God told you to do, it's evil. That's plain, ain't it? The love of money is a cause, a root, or source of evil. And some of us know it. So when evil comes, no matter how attractive it is, what do we do? Depart from it. Of his our house, you tell that evil to what? Get out. I had a person uh, knock at the door not long ago. And uh, immediately when, when, when I went to the door, I knew this is evil. Now, the person probably left thinking I was very rude because of, of the next thing I did when I recognized evil. I came to the door, and uh, I got this glass. You can, see, you can see the person. So I'm looking out the glass, and I'm, and I'm seeing what the person got in their hand. Oh, this is evil right here. This is evil. And so... I, and so I looked at the person, and this is exactly what I did. I opened that door and then shut it. Didn't say a word. I opened it, saw, looked at him, opened the door, and then shut it. 
What was I doing? I was trying to insult the person. Letting them know, look, you don't ever need to come to this door again. Now, now again, common sense would have said, that's just so rude. But the Bible calls it doing the right thing. Because to depart from evil, according to Job 28 and 28, is to depart from evil. And that says you're a person of what? Understanding. Understanding. Last scripture. Let's go to Psalm 111. Lord of mercy. That ought to be plain enough right there. Please don't leave here. And the only thing you remember about this message, you know, pastor looked at somebody, <laughs> opened up the door, and then just slammed it. Our pastor did that. Because some of us invite evil in our house. And then turn around and, and, and buy stuff from the evil person. Okay, let's go to Psalm 111. Verse 10. Ready? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of? Good understanding. Have all those who help me do his commandments. His praise endures how long? Forever. God's praise equates his blessings. His praise endures for what? Ever. His blessings. Why would he put that in this particular verse? To let us know the benefits of doing God's commandments. Who, who should do God's commandments? Everybody that call themselves just. The just live by faith. And faith equates God's word or his commandments. So then faith comes by and hearing the word of God. A good understanding. So, so notice your understanding uh, can go from one level to another level. You can start out with just normal understanding. But then here we see another level of understanding. He says, hey, help me, good. Good is beneficial. Good equates better. A better understanding when you do his commandment. Why? Because you're going to reap what he promised. God says, give and to do what? How? When you understand that, when you understand that and it happens, you know you got a good what? And when you have a good understanding, will you talk about giving? Yes, but you'll talk about it in what? A positive way. Because you know what? The blessings of it. But when you don't have a good understanding about giving, you'll complain about it. Man, if I didn't have to give God his money, I could get that shirt. Do you know how dumb you sound? You don't have a good understanding. Because a good understanding will say, I'm not only going to give God what he asked me to give him, I'm going to do it, and not only is he going to give me a shirt, he's going to give me socks, shoes, and a suit. Why? You can't be God-given. But you got to have a good what? Understanding. And when you do the word, you're going to have a good what? Understanding. When folk tell you, well, you know what? You know, that, that laying on of hands, that prayer thing, it really don't work. I'm talking to somebody who's dumb about God's word. But when you have a good understanding and you do what the scripture says about prayer, 
about healing, you understand, man, she going to get better. Before you even say she going to get better, you have a good understanding. Know that, look, he said, ask, and it shall be given. Seeking, find, knock. Don't put that door there. And it shall be open. Right, Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Why do you believe prayer works? You have a good understanding. Why do you have such a good understanding? Because you have been doing what the scripture told you to do in reference to it. I hope we prayed, Pastor. I don't know if it, it, if it you ain't got no good understanding. You, you're talking like a dumb person. See, some of y'all looking at me funny right now because you've been guilty. You, you don't have a good understanding. If, if you know that, the, if you have a good understanding that you have prayed according to the scripture and it worked, you ain't going to put down prayer. Why? Because you have a good understanding about prayer. You ain't going to put down fast. Oh, man, it hurt the fast. I wish Pastor wouldn't have told us the fast. Well, he told you the fast because it's a benefit in fasting. He told you to let go of all that sugar because that sugar... You understand what I'm saying? When you, when you have a good understanding about this, that, and the other, you ain't going to let dumb stuff come out your mouth. I know what pastor said was the word, but you know, I think, wait a minute. That's dumb for you to say, you know, pastor taught the word, but then you're going to turn around and say something against it. You double-minded. You said it was a good word, but then you're going to talk about it. You don't have a good. A good understanding have all that do his help, man. Commandment. Say your name out. We, we need a good understanding. Because, see, the enemy will rob you. Yes, he will. If you down your prayer, you down the prayer that you done prayed for your, your sister, your brother. You down that God going to bless you after you give him his tithes and offering. There's something wrong with you. And some folk right now have not received certain things because they're double-minded when it comes to stuff. See, the Bible is clear. If you're double-minded, according to the book of James, the first chapter, you're not going to receive anything. Guess from who? The Lord. A lot of folks are not receiving benefit because they are double-minded. They don't have a good understanding. Or they don't understand that if they talk two ways out their mouth, they're messing up their own blessing. How many understand? So we got to be mature in what? We got to be mature in what? But when it comes to malice, we have to be Babes. And I'm done. Let's get a lot of hand to pray.